Our New Testament lesson this morning is going to come from the book of Hebrews. From Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to be reading verses 14 through 17 of Hebrews chapter 12. Pursue peace with everyone and the holiness without, without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. And through it, many become defiled. See to it that no one becomes like Esau, an immoral and godless person who sold his birthright for a single meal. You know the latter, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, even though he sought the blessing with tears. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. One of the things that I used to do that I don't do like I ought to, and I probably need to start back. And I, I've been wanting to start back doing it. I just haven't done it. You'd think during COVID I would have. Was I used to run? Um, I used I used to love. I used to love to run. It was. It was I, I actually. You hear people talk about the runner's high. I actually at times in my life got that runner's high where you're running, and, and the first mile is always terrible. But you get to that first mile, and then you just feel this euphoric feeling of man, this is awesome. So. I loved to run, but I've just never gone back to running like I ought to. So I, I had a lot of good experiences running in my life. Um, I'm probably at the point now where I probably just need to walk, you know, uh, the old knees and whatnot. But one of the funnier things that ever happened to me at a race, I used to do 5K races a, a lot. And one of the funnier things that ever happened to me at a race was Years ago, back when Bishop Ward was the bishop in the conference, we used to have, um, she really was a big proponent of, um, of, of, of healthiness, of living healthy lives and, and being healthy in all of our ways. So every year at conference, we would have a 5K. This is when the conference was downtown a lot. And, and um, we would have this 5K race that would start at the convention center and we would kind of run through downtown. Um, and so I would sign up to do it. And even when I ran I didn't run. I lumbered. Uh, there, there was not a lot of speed coming for me. You had some momentum because, you know, you get a, a body this big moving. It takes a lot to slow it down. There wasn't a lot of speed. There was just a lot of momentum behind me. And so I, I would run, but I would always, I, I would never be in the front. You know, you got those folks that if you, ever, if you do 5Ks, you know, there's always those people that are just boom. They're shot out like a cannon, man. They're just sprinting the entire time. They're done in 10 minutes. It's ridiculous. I was never one of those guys. But I was also, I was pretty steady. I ran a pretty good time. And so I was never at the very lead pack, but I was usually right in the middle, maybe to the, to the back of the middle. So I was doing this, I was doing this race there in, in downtown at the conference. But um, I didn't know downtown Jackson all that well at this point. And, and I thought I knew the way that the race was supposed to go. But if you know me, I don't always really pay attention so I really wasn't sure where the race was supposed to go. I felt I was 65% sure I knew where I was going. Maybe 70%. was nowhere near 100, but I felt relatively okay about where I was going. So I was running, and I looked behind me. And who do I see behind me but the bishop? And if you're running, and it really was just in this stretch, it was me and the bishop. And there really wasn't anybody in front of me. And there really weren't too many folks behind me. It was me and the bishop. And I thought, okay, bishop's behind me. We're running. 
I don't know where I'm going. Yep. I'm running this 5K. I got the bishop behind me. And I don't know where I'm going. And we're going to get lost. And I'm going to make a complete fool of myself with the bishop behind me. And I'm going to get wind up being sitting back to Bogachita. Like, this is how this is going to play out. I know it. And there was, there was ne- that was one of the funnier and more terrifying moments of my life to be running this 5K and not really sure where I was supposed to go next and having the bishop behind me following me along the path. But like I told you last week, you know, the Lord looks after fools and children. So the Lord looked after me and it turns out I was on the right path. And we got there fine and everything worked out in the end. A friend of mine, I told the story to, and she and I have laughed about that for years, about the time we ran the 5K. And I, and I nearly got Bishop Ward lost at her own 5K event. So um, sometimes in life, we're running a race. Or at least we feel like we're running a race. But we don't really know where we're going. And, and we aren't really sure or what the destination is, or where it is we're supposed to be. Let's take, for instance, our stewardship season right now. We've talked a lot in this season. You've heard, you've heard Peggy, and you've heard Tyler, and Ben and Leslie, and, and the Davises, the Mays. You've heard them talk in this season, in our stewardship moments, about why they're part of St. Matthew's and why they run the race. You've heard me talk about it. You've heard others talk about it. You've seen our children model it. You've seen our laity model it. But what, what race are we running? And where are we, where are we trying to go? What, what is our destination? What, what are we trying to do? This is, this is our stewardship season. And I told you early on, as we started the stewardship season in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of crowds being a little different, in the midst of worship looking different, in the midst of drive-in services, in the midst of... Uh, social distance, in-person services in the midst of all this. This is a weird season. And so when we talk about stewardship, I wasn't going to beat you over the head talking about money. So what race are we running though? What race are we running? Are, are we running a race where our goal right now is simply uh, to get enough pledge cards in right now to maintain our current budget? I mean, is, is, that, is that the race we're running? Is, is that our goal right now? Is to get enough cards in, enough online pledges to where that our budget is exactly as it is this year. We don't have to do any cutbacks or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a, yeah, I'd like for us to be able to fully fund a budget to continue doing all the amazing things we're doing. I, I really would. I, that's a great goal. But is that the purpose? Is that the purpose? I don't know how many of you have ever had the, the privilege or the punishment, however you look at it, as serving on uh, the church's SPRC committee, Staff Parish Relations Committee. That is the committee in the church that in many ways serves sort of as a personnel committee. It's not, it's not exactly what it is, but it does a lot of the personnel committee business that you'd have in other churches. It hires and fires and sets raises and things like that, sets salaries. Um, and within the Methodist appointment system, it, it makes recommendations to the bishop regarding appointments. So we think we need a new preacher. We like our current preacher, things like that. 
So when you first are appointed to a church, one of the first, usually for me, the first meeting I've always have with my new church is what's called the covenant meeting, where you meet with the SPRC and you talk about, and you, they, you, they, you meet, you introduce yourself, you introduce your family, the, the SPRC introduces itself, and you learn a little bit, a little bit about the church. And, and you, you answer, typically, it's not an interview, but you answer questions, talk about your vision and, and things like that. And one, one of the things that I, I, I've, I've always told churches when I've come to a new church, I told St. Matthews this, I told Asbury this, I told Ripley this, I told Coy this. I, I mean, I, I, did, I believe this deep in the core of my being. And this relates to us running the race. I've always told these SPRCs that, that I, was, I am not, I have not been sent to St. Matthew's to grow this church. It's not what I'm here for. I'm not here to grow the church. I, I'm not here to meet a budget. It's not my purpose. My purpose as the pastor, the lead pastor of this church, is not to meet a budget. I hope the bishop and David Stott aren't watching this, or my DS. My purpose is not to pay apportionments, to pay our mission shares. It's not why I was sent here. It's not sent here to grow the church. It's not sent here to meet a budget. It's not sent here to pay apportionments. And then why was I sent here? Why, why am I the pastor of this church? What, what am I here for? What I'm here for as lead pastor of this church is for us to build the kingdom. Our job is to be radically and exclusively focused on building the kingdom of God here in this context and in this city, in this area. Our job is to be focused upon what God wants and upon the kingdom of God. If we focus, y'all, if we focus, I believe this deep in the core of my being. If we focus on being attentive and building the kingdom of God, God will take care of the church. If we focus on building the kingdom, God will take care of the church. If we focus on the church, God may kill it. Our point is not to, 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 our point is not to sustain a church. Our point is not to even grow a church. Our job, our point, our mission is to build the kingdom of God here in this place. That's our mission. Not the church, the kingdom. Because if we build the kingdom... If we work for God's vision, if we do what it is that God has called us to do, I believe Scripture teaches us that God will take care of His church. The Bible says the gates of hell will not triumph against Christ and His church. If we build the kingdom, God will take care of His church. We focus on the church. God may prune it and kill it. Our job in this season is not to meet a budget. It's not our job. It's not the race we're running. The race we're running is not, it's not to meet a budget. Well, then, then, then what's, the, what's the point of all of this? Hebrews tells us Pursue peace with everyone and the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Our job is to pursue that peace 
and pursue that holiness. Our job is to build the kingdom. Our job is to pursue that holiness of God. Okay, cool. Those are church words, Andy. What does that mean in real life? It's a great question. I'm glad you asked. We see in Hebrews 12 a little bit about the holiness that we see of God. It says, this is what verse eight, we didn't read verse 18, but this is what it says. You have not come to something that cannot be touched, a blazing fire, a darkness and gloom and a tempest, the sound of the trumpeter and a voice whose words may the hearers beg that not another word be spoken. He's talking about Moses at Mount Sinai. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to the innumerable angels in the festival gathering, to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. We see that the Father, God the Father, we see that the God came to Mount Sinai to Moses and he was unknowable and untouchable and they couldn't even look at the mountain. They said, you didn't come to that. You come to Jesus, this mediator, this Jesus who is approachable, this Jesus who, 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 who mediates between us and God, this Jesus who we can know, this Jesus who Colossians tells us is the visible image of the invisible God. We come to this Jesus. This Jesus is who we know. This Jesus is who we walk with. This is Jesus who we, who we talk. And that's why Hebrews is so interesting because we see here in 11, I'm sorry, in 12 rather, we see in, in 12, we see that we're to pursue this holiness. So we, we, we just talked about in this, about the Levitical holiness that we see on Mount Sinai. But we see, we see in Hebrews 11, which we've talked about last month, that the holiness that we pursue, the holiness that we desire, is not a holiness that comes from keeping a Levitical law, but the holiness that we pursue, the holiness that we desire, is a holiness that comes from faith in Jesus Christ. And in fact, we see in Hebrews 11, we see that in Hebrews 11, we see that actually the Old Testament obedience was actually an act of faith. That the Old Testament saints didn't obey out of wanting to keep the law. They obeyed out of faith. Our holiness is not a holiness that comes from keeping a Levitical law. We're not saved by works lest no man can boast. We're not saved by serving on committees. We're not saved even by doing stewardship. We're not saved by any of these things, but we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, lest no one can boast. Our holiness is not a holiness that comes from perfect action. Our holiness is a holiness that comes through the faith in Jesus Christ. That's what Hebrews 11 teaches us. So Hebrews 12 says, run this race. Run this race with this mighty cloud of witnesses. Pursue Faith. And this faith will be holiness. That holiness actually is what we saw earlier in our gospel lesson. To love God and love neighbor. That's what lived out holiness looks like. To love God and love neighbor. But I want to be very clear. Loving God, loving neighbor, this isn't some type of ethereal feeling 
that doesn't have a tangibility to it, that doesn't have a thing to it. To love God is not just emotion. To love our neighbor is not just emotion. But to love our God is to engage with God through acts of private devotion, through reading our Bible, through praying. If I love God, I'm going to pray and I'm going to read the Bible. And because I read the Bible, because I pray, it engrows my love for God. If I love God, I'm going to worship. I'm going to engage in some form of worship, whether it be in person or online. It's hard for me to say that I love God if I'm not attending to the ordinance of my soul and, and praying and reading the Bible, or if I'm not, and if I'm not worshiping. If I'm not spending time with God, worshiping Him in some way, then do I really love Him? You can't love someone who's a non-entity in your life. Love of God is not played out through emotion. Love of God is played out through us growing our faith through prayer and scripture and worship. To love my neighbor is not simply to have warm fuzzies about my neighbor. Because a lot of times, y'all, I don't have warm fuzzies about my neighbor. Sometimes I have angry fuzzies. Loving your neighbor is not just about some type of emotion towards your neighbor. But to love your neighbor is to show acts of compassion and mercy to your neighbor. To love your neighbor is to want what's best for your neighbor. The story of the, of the Good Samaritan that we, that we talked about in my devotional, last, one of my video devotionals last week. The Good Samaritan showed mercy to the man that was injured. He did something for him. It isn't just enough for me to say, oh, I love my neighbor, but how is my love for my neighbor seen in how I act towards my neighbor? How is my love for my neighbor seen not just in how I act towards my individual neighbor, but how is my love for neighbor seen in how I try to make the world a better place? How am I working to improve this world? How am I working to live out what we pray that will be done upon earth as it is in heaven? So you see, to love God and love neighbor, this is not emotion. The mistake we make with loving God and neighbor is we equate loving God and neighbor to emotion. This is not emotion. This is a heart that's growing in grace and wants simply to worship God fully and to serve our neighbor fully. Even if we don't feel like it. Even if we don't like them. To love God and love neighbor is to get Andy out of the way. To get my ego out of the way. To get my pride out of the way. To get my stuff out of the way. And simply seek to love God on a private level, on a public level, through devotion, through worship. To love my neighbor on a private level, on a public level. To love my neighbor individually, but for, to work for the good of society. That's what holiness looks like, y'all. That's what lived out holiness looks like. That's the race we're running. The race we're running is not meeting a budget or anything like that. The race we're running is a race that leads us to God's holiness. And there's two things I actually need to know about that holiness. One is that we can't do it by ourselves. Notice in the text we read today, it said, See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. See to it that no one becomes like Esau. 
We have to look out for each other. This race of holiness is not a race that we run individually, but it's a race we run collectively as a church. The church needs you. Yeah, we, we need your good financial stewardship in this season. We do. We, we really do. The church needs you to serve, to care for the children and the elderly, to care for the lost, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We need each other. We, we can't run this race. We can't do this act of holiness individually. It's not individual. We need each other. I need you looking out for me. And you need me looking out for you. We need each other. Holiness is done together. We need each other. This, look out for each other, y'all. Look out for each other. Check on each other. When's the last time you checked on somebody? Uh, I think the COVID situation that we've been in has in some ways made us a little bit more inwardly focused on ourselves. At least that's the temptation. When was the last time you checked on your neighbor? When was the last time you sent a text somebody you hadn't talked to in a while? Check on each other. We need each other. And that's the second thing is that the world needs us. Because if we aren't in this moment seeking to live out the love of God in our life and all that we are, if we aren't seeking to do it, then who's going to be doing it? If we as the church aren't seeking this, then, then, then who is? That's our job. And the world needs us to do it. We're going to do something in person. As you know, we were, you may know, we record the online service a few days early. That's why I'm not wearing my shield now, because uh, it's just me and Jamie in here. And, and in person, so spoiler alert for those of you who are watching at 830, um, we're going to do something different for our benediction. We're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pray. We're, we're going to start with the last song, and then I'm going to walk out, and then we're going to have people place their commitment cards in a box out in the narthex where they'll make their commitment for this year. But then we're going to go out in the front yard, and then we're going to have the benediction out there in the front yard together as a public witness to our desire to go out to this world. Because this world needs us right now, y'all. This world needs us. This world's tearing itself apart. This world is burning itself down. This world needs us right now to be the incarnational church in the midst of our lives together. This world needs us. So we're gonna actually do our benediction, not in the church today, but we're gonna do it in the front yard. Because this world needs us, y'all. We run the race together. We run this race so the world can know Jesus. One of the last 10Ks I did was a 10K in Hattiesburg for um, the DeBard School. So they're all around, it's all around campus Southern Miss. And like I said, I couldn't even walk a 1K now, much less run it. Back when I was a runner, uh, 10Ks are a little bit harder than 5Ks because they're double the size. And if you're used to doing 10, 5Ks, that 10K can be a little bit challenging. 
And this DeBard school, it did something that I've never seen a, 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 five, a five or 10K do. What they did is they would position, the DeBard school is a school that helps children with different disabilities. And what they would do is they placed different children, different families along the route of your 510K. So let's say you're at, you're, you're at, uh, at 4K and you're getting tired. You know, oh man, I got, I got six more K to go. I'm not going to do this. I'm ready to give up. And you turn the corner and there'd be some kids cheering you on. And that motivation, that inspire you. And then you want to run harder because of those kids. Seeing those kids there will motivate you and will help you power through. And then when, then when you turn the final corner towards the last of the race, there's a whole bunch of folks there cheering you on and rooting you on. And man, you sprint, no matter how tired you were, you had so many folks cheering for you. You sprint that last part to finish up because you're going to finish that race. Since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside all the sin and the weight that encumbers us and let us run the race set before us. We got a mighty cloud of witnesses, y'all. We got all the Hebrews 11. We got our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents. We got all the saints who have gone before us. And we got each other. We got each other, y'all. The Lord needs us to run this race of holiness. The world needs us to run this race of holiness. Your church needs you to run this race of holiness. Together, we can do this. We can do it, y'all. Together, me and you. Here at St. Matthews, we can run this race together. We can do it. So if those of you watching online, if you've not done so, I would invite you to visit our website, stm-umc.org stewardship and make, make a pledge for next year. We need you. But that pledge is not the purpose. The purpose is holiness. Loving, out, loving our God and neighbor. The pledge and the stewardship simply a means to help get us there. We can do this, y'all. I believe in you. But more importantly, the Lord believes in, believes in us. Together we can do it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our Savior. We thank you for his love, for his grace, for his mercy, for his kindness. We thank you, God, for his call for us to run this race set before us. We love you, God. Go with us now. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.